This podcast episode is brought to you by Iron Source. They know you're here for good content, so they're not going to waste your time with a long pitch. Here are the three things you need to remember and know about Iron Source. Number one, they're developing the most robust data-driven growth engine for mobile games. Number two, their secret sauce is closing the monetization marketing loop to help developers supercharge growth. And number three, they have an awesome Medium blog and podcast called Level Up. You can find it on Medium by searching for Iron Source Level Up. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. I'm Joe Kim, and on the podcast today, I'll be speaking with Laura Higgins, who is the head of digital civility at Roblox. In our conversation with Laura, we talk about how video game developers should treat online kids' safety. We'll talk about the current legal environment and requirements, policies for kids' safety, so what are options and alternatives, the impact of things like COPPA and GDPR, and also things like weighing corporate and monetary objectives against user privacy and safety concerns. Anyway, please join me in our discussion today and find out how Roblox approaches these issues in the conversation I'll take you over to right now. I thought we could first start by just setting the stage in terms of child safety, and in particular, what are the dangers in terms of child safety when it comes to an online presence, for example? Um, so I've been um, working in online safety for many, many years, and I think in my previous role before I came to Roblox, I was with the UK Safer Internet Centre, mm-hmm. um, and I ran a helpline there that was dealing with digital harm. So I think it's evolved a lot over the years. Um, so there are certain things, I think, you know, the, the big scary things obviously parents are worried about is contact from strangers and things like that. Right. But thankfully, most people don't have that experience. I think sometimes the things that young people really suffer from is more things like being scammed. So we need to make right. sure that we're giving them those digital literacy skills to recognise when things are a bit off. Right. So, you know, things like, you know, if somebody's trying to do trades and it's not fair, things like that. We need to make sure that kids recognise that. Right. Um, and of course, people saying hurtful things, you know. Right. We know that happens offline, so it's inevitable it's going to happen online. But I think, you know, we can work to make sure that kids feel safe. Um, certainly our responsibility here as a platform that's geared towards kids is to really make sure that those safety mechanisms are there as well as a bit of an education message. Right. So it kind of sounds like in terms of if we were to bucket those into certain groups, one is contact with strangers or people yeah. they shouldn't be talking to. Secondly would be exposure to certain types of content that whether it's communication bases or just stuff that they shouldn't be exposed to depending mm-hmm. on their age. And third would be, for example, you know, exposure to maybe monetization mechanics or ways in which they could get scammed or they can lose money just because they're not mature enough to be able to deal with whatever is... Those, like the three primary I, buckets? Or I, there... think, I think so, yes, certainly. Okay. We actually did a, a survey uh, last year with parents and, and teenagers and, and sort of trying to get a, a feel for what those sorts of problems were. Okay. Parents, 89% of the parents actually said they were fearful of online gaming. Right. But 88% of parents, so nearly the same number, actually said they could see the benefits. <laughs> so things like giving them technical skills right. and the potential, actually, for help with future employment. I think right. people are recognising those digital skills are really necessary now for, right. for young people growing up. The good news is, I think, tech companies are really working hard to keep people safe. Not right. just kids, actually. You know, everyone, all of our users. So things like... You know, some of those topics you mentioned, so making sure that we have really good chat filtering, for example. So within Roblox, kids can um, have text chat with other players. Parents can actually turn that off. So from our point of view, we do a lot of work with parents to make sure they understand what they can do on the platform to help 
to protect their kids as well. Right. But for example, we have really strict filtering, uh, which prevents that harmful language and that harmful kind of interaction between players. We have human moderators who, of course, are there to, to look at any abuse reports that come in. We have lots of software on the platform. We have a multi-layer approach on our platform to really try and pick out all of those things, as well as, as I say, kind of giving people the educational messages as well. So they not only use those tools, we put some of those safeguards in to prevent harm, right. um, but also making sure that if something does happen, they also know how to manage it. Right. And Laura, I was hoping we could also talk about the legal and regulatory environment and framework today. And as a game maker or game developer, it seems like the, the two that are most well-known are COPPA and GDPR. And I was wondering if you could kind of explain what those two things are and what they mean, not in too much depth, yeah. but at a high level, how should we be thinking about COPPA and GDPR? So COPPA is a US piece of leg uh, legislation, yeah. which is um, a Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it means that no companies can gather information and data from um, under 13s right. or store it without parental permission. Um, so essentially, it's around advertising to kids and things like that. Right. Um, GDPR is a European version of a Privacy Act, um, which, is a, which it dictates how you can gain information about users of all ages, ours isn't age specific, um, how you store that information, and it also gives the right to erasure. So if people right. um, you know, store cookies on your websites and things like that, you actually have the right to have that removed very quickly. Right, and then in terms of what the practical sort of uh, you know, impact from a game developer perspective would be, it sounds like a couple of things that you, you talked about. Well, I mean, I think the way that um, that I've thought about it before is one is, you know, the ability to advertise or not, the ability to uh, gather information from the users or not, and, and then the way that that kind of practically implements itself in games is often like an age gate, and depending on the age that people put, then that would dictate whether, you know, we can advertise them, dictate whether we could collect information from them. But are there other things, like what, what are other things that game developers need to think about besides just those things and, and the age gate, for example. So I think one thing that's really interesting is around people's right to privacy versus safety. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we believe here that, you know, safety always has to be the priority. You can't offset people's right to privacy against yeah. that. So from our point of view, we would rather get more information, more data, and have that kind of massive amount of data right. so we can help protect the community. Okay. Um, for example, you know, should the worst happen and law enforcement come to us, we've got that information that we can give to them. Right. Um, there are, of course, a lot of adult platforms where adults are saying, we don't want any of my information stored at all, but if something were to happen, then there's no recourse there either. Right. Um, so I think you know, anything where it's children facing, you really need to be saying, look, we, we will store your data safely. You know, we, we, of course, you, know, you have to be responsible with people's data right. and explain what you're going to do with it, actually, right. and why you're ga gathering that information. Right. You know, you're not just doing it because you can, you're doing it to protect them. And as long as that's clear and you're doing it appropriately, I think it's the right thing to do. Okay, and then maybe we could talk more specifically in terms of you, your role in Roblox. And so um, could you, maybe we could start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and like what is your role here at Roblox and, and um, kind of what, what you're doing. And then maybe from there we can talk about what Roblox does specifically from you know, a policy perspective to help keep kids safe. Okay, 
So, um, as I mentioned, I've worked in kind of online safety and, and um, services that are supporting vulnerable people for most of my working career. Um, and so in my prior role, I headed up, I set up um, several helplines um, that were kind of safeguard, digital safeguarding. Okay. Um, and particularly focused on um, supporting children. Okay. So I've been working in that for a long time, and I built um, really good relationships with a lot of the tech companies while I was there. Right. Um, so I sat on the advisory boards of Twitter and Snapchat, and then later Roblox. So nice. my relationship with them is quite long, um, and we kind of grew together, really. Um, right. Then when we started talking about how Roblox really worked, you know, they've always right. been very open and honest about all the systems policies and why we do things right. and it was really interesting to me right. that this focus around civility and I think you know it's such an innovative thing and one of the first companies to talk about it right the idea being a we have quite a young quite often player base they start out coming into our platform kind of a lot younger than perhaps in social media right. because of copper <laughs> um, but actually so we can obviously we have those tools to keep them safe right. safety's number one that's fine what else can we do? You know, kids kids love to learn. You can kind of mould them and shape behaviours and attitudes. Right. So we were then sort of looking at what comes next. Actually, it's that giving them some life skills that they could take off the platform okay. that are actually proper skills we all need as human beings. Okay. So, you know, the platform is fun. It's around play. That's the idea. Right. But actually, there's a learning element there as well. Right. So this idea of civility is kind of how to have empathy, how to be kind to other players, right. learning about teamwork and communication right. skills. Right. Um, and so that just seemed like such a wonderful opportunity. So I came in to do that. Um, and then there's the education. So I work in, in the community safety team. So it's around education. Mm -hmm. So helping parents to feel confident in supporting their children. Yeah. And confident in our platform, you know, teaching them how the tools work that we have there. We have a whole range of things for parents um, that they can kind of curate the experience that their children have on the platform. I see. Um, then the ageing up thing, you know, as I say, a lot of people came to our platform when they were 8, 9, 10. Right. They're still with us now at 15, 16, 17. Right. How do we make sure that they're having a really positive and healthy time when they're on the platform? Right. So, you know, we're, we're really looking about what the community needs, um, and my role kind of sits across all of that, really, to try to, to listen to the community, but also to make sure that they're safe as well. Yeah, so you mentioned a lot of, you know, pretty interesting issues. I was wondering if we could kind of go back and unpack a little, some of those yeah. things a little bit more. So the first thing you mentioned was this thing about civility. And wondering, so what are specific Roblox initiatives or things that you guys are implementing to try and make or try to foster an environment that where people are more civil, you know, I mean, the internet can be kind of a, you know, kind of a, you know, nasty space and, in, 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 you know, mm -hmm. sometimes, especially social media, people, you know, could be very mean to one another. And, but especially with kids, like, are, are there any, are there any initiatives or things from a Roblox perspective that you guys can do to try and foster this kind of more positive environment? So, so we have um, over 2 million game developers around the world creating right, right. all the experiences on Roblox. We yes. don't make the games and we don't tell them what to do. Right. But we do have a team of people here who support them. Yeah. Um, everything from our education team who work with coding camps and teach those kind of nice um, early stage skills, right, right through to um, uh, our developer relations team who support some of our um, devs have gone on to have their own studios. You know, they're right. professional game makers now. Yes, yes. But they still need a bit of guidance and support when it comes to things like marketing and all of those kind of right. business skills, really. Right. 
Um, so we're really lucky that we can provide all of that. Um, I think when it comes to things like dripping those messages, um, user experience is always going to be important when it comes to game development, Right. of course. Yes. What they learn really quickly is that if people are not having a good time on their, on their game, yeah. they will leave that game and go somewhere else. Right. Um, so very quickly, you see them kind of going, okay, how are we going to encourage this positivity, those opportunities for teamwork and camaraderie and all the good things that happen within right, gaming right. communities? When they get that right, they're the games that go on to be really successful. Right, so kind of like, it sounds like what you're saying is you, you have this huge community, community of developers. The developers are the ones that make the games. Mm -hmm. You guys kind of control the platform, but by influencing the developers and letting the developers understand how important it is yeah. to have this kind of you know, civil environment and this positive environment, that that's kind of how you guys are influencing the overall yes. platform. Is that right? Absolutely. Got it. So that, you know, helping them to understand those things helps. Um, rather than me just sitting here going, you should all be nice, because that doesn't work, does <laughs> right, it? Right. You know, they have to, it's their community. They right. have to build it themselves. Right. Now, the second one, the other thing you mentioned was education. Mm -hmm. And certainly you can see, you know, a, a deep uh, connection between, you know, a lot of the things that are being developed by very young kids and, and being able to, having to develop a lot of hard technical skills and, you know, having to understand so many things in order to build a game and to you know once they you know build a game yeah. then to manage a big team that they that they, that they have and so um, I you know I'm familiar with like the you know Roblox developer conference but wondering what are the things are, are you know uh, in terms of initiatives and things that Roblox do for that educational component that you, that you mentioned so we work with schools okay. around the world okay um, and so you know Roblox is quite often found in classrooms we right. do coding camps all over the world, so school holiday programs. Right. Um, we have um, online tutorials. We have right. um, videos that kids can watch and copy. Right. Um, we have physical people if they need to reach out with a question. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, they have their own community as well. So right. um, they have a, a huge Discord group where they all share ideas and things that have gone well and things that haven't gone so well. And um, we have forums where they communicate with each other. Um, and so we all support that as well because it's really important that they have the professional help from the company, right. but also that peer-to-peer -peer support. Got it. Um, I think one of the things that makes our platform so unique is our diverse community right. that we have. Yeah. Um, so over 40% of our players are girls, which is really unusual, and we encourage that. Um, and sort of so, you know, really pushing those STEM skills that they need um, and encouraging them to go and do those, not just on our platform, but actually saying, you know what, you can ask to do those things at school and at college, and you should be, because, right, right, right. you know, we can all look for careers within gaming. Um, remembering that game creation and development isn't just about the coding skills, right. you know, it's art and it's music and it's right. storytelling and it's yeah. all of those things as well. Um, and generally, I would say our community is really nice. Okay. They, they tend to be so supportive. Right. We see it. So, you know, you mentioned the developer conference. The interactions you see between people, you know, they're like a family. Right. And so when somebody's having a bad time, everyone groups together to fix it. Right. Um, and I think that just, we're, we're so lucky. And hopefully if we can kind of build that and encourage it, they don't just do that on our platform. We know they're not just on Roblox. They're on Roblox and everywhere else. And right. we want them to take that positivity onto those other platforms as well. Got it. And then the third thing you mentioned was actually the involvement of the parents. And so, you know, maybe I'm a bad parent, but you know, my, my kids actually play Roblox quite a bit, 
But I, I actually don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I know they're playing like they're playing like Meat City and whatever. Yeah. But um, so, could you talk a little bit more about, you know, again, I actually have no idea that there was, you know, things actually on Roblox for the parents. So, like, what what are some of those things? Um, so, I mean, we would generally encourage for under 13s that parents are a bit more involved with their kids. Right. Um, once you've given them some of those skills and, and they know how to manage things, then you can let them have more freedom. Right, right. And I would definitely say once they're in their teens, they probably don't want mum and dad over their shoulder <laughs> yeah. all the time. Um, and that's fine. It's their space. We should allow that. Right, right. Um, but, yes, yeah, certainly with the smaller ones, we do encourage that parents sign in with the right date of birth okay. because we have tools that um, are slightly different for under 13s and over 13s right. for exactly that reason. So if uh, parents can turn chat on or off or just friends only, depending on what they're comfortable with. Got it. And I would suggest, you know, for the younger players, you might want to be more restrictive and then let it go as you kind of doing stuff with them. Um, it's a pin controlled area, so your kids can't just go back in and switch it back off when you're not okay. looking. Um, right. It is very much for you. Yeah. We have a curated list of games as well, which parents can opt into which is more suitable for the very young players. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, really sort of more child-friendly than some of our other games. Right. Um, and then, of course, because we are a platform for all ages, um, you know, some, some of those games that are kind of more geared towards teenagers, um, you know, that's a parental choice about where you want to be. Right. Um, I would say, from our point of view, it's really important that parents get involved as okay. much as possible. This is not about sitting and watching everything, but actually just playing games. Right. Showing an interest, asking questions and right. those sorts of things, which I know a lot of parents are really busy and it just feels a bit like, oh, you know, this is my time for a bit of quiet while you're in your game. But actually, what we hear time and time again, when parents do take that step and go, right, we're going to have family gaming, they're really enjoying it too. Okay. And it gives those teachable moments where parents can kind of talk through, why do you think that player just did that? Or, um, you know there are really good opportunities for discussions about behavior as well as kind of the tools for how to do things in a game if something if you saw somebody being mean would you know how to report it those right. sorts of things doing it together is really good it's really empowering for the kids mm -hmm. and it gives you a bit of confidence as a parent right now i was wanting to expand a little bit more about when you were talking about how the the community and the environment is so positive and inclusive and certainly you know especially for kids i think having a place where they feel very safe online is very important and critical to them. Yeah. And so are there specific things, I mean, I, there's a lot of things that you've mentioned, but are, are there any other things that, you know, as a game developer, um, we should be thinking about to try and also create that type of positive environment that you guys have created yeah. at, in, within Roblox? Um, so I think um, having that mix of tools is really good. Right. Um, there's not one thing that does everything. So, of course, you know that the increased use of machine learning is fantastic to kind of manage some of the noise. Yeah. Um, so the, the spam and the, you know, those little, th little things you don't need humans for. Right. Ultimately, you're always going to need humans as moderators as well, though, because you need that contextual um, decision-making. Right. Um, we pre-moderate content that's uploaded into games. Okay. So any uh, video assets, um, um, sound, those sorts of things, and images is all pre-moderated before it's ever allowed on the platform to try to, to minimise those sorts of risks. Um, on our platform, again, we don't have any photos. It's all avatars of players and things, right. which, of course, that makes it safer generally. Right. Um, yeah, I would say things like when you're um, building out your games, you know, being culturally aware 
you know, you're talking about sure. the safe spaces. Right. We're a global platform. We have players all over the world. Right. Um, and different countries have different sensibilities right. about things. Um, and so, you know, we work with safety organisations all over the world so that they feed us that information. So we know what's appropriate in Germany or Latin America. Um, right. You know, we, we don't want people to be harmed by things that they see on our platform or things they hear. Um, so we always, you know, for example, in Germany, there are quite strict um, rules about what can be in games that are aimed towards children. Right. So things like um, guns really is a big no-no whereas in the states it's kind of normal okay. um so just being mindful of that and, and how you promote things in different countries is, okay. is really important very recently there has been like you know new youtube rule change where now all of your youtube content has to be you know uh specifically designated as either kid directed or mm -hmm. not um and in terms of you know uh, different types of policies or legal issues that you that will be coming up. Do you foresee any other types of things that will have to happen in the industry to make things safer for kids? I mean, I can't speak specifically to the YouTube point, but sure. I think it's been difficult for people because it's such a big change. Right. So they feel threatened by it, but you know, ultimately, you, you know, safety before money. It always right. has to be the way. Yeah. And ultimately, I think it's going to be a good thing for people. Yeah. Families are a huge audience. Right. especially for gaming and actually having the trust of parents to right. go you're ethical you're doing the right thing um you know and it's not just about monetizing right, right, right. then i think you're more likely to actually grow your audience so right. that's one thing um in terms of other things that are going to be happening so um in the united kingdom um there's been a huge piece of work around online harms okay. um the latest being that um they're considering putting a regulator in place. Okay. Um, so there's um, uh, um, an ombudsman currently called Ofcom, and it's looking likely that they might be the people. Um, so they would deal with complaints about how tech companies deal with things, and that's going to be, you know, that will have quite a big impact for anyone who's operating in the UK. Um, then, and it also, that's talking about things like transparency reporting. So currently, companies only need to either submit when they have a government request right. that you know, takedowns and things like that of harmful content. This is now going to be much broader. So it's going to talk about things like how many how many reports have you had from the public and how long did it take you to deal with them? I mean, they're, right. they're quite big things that are going to impact on companies. Right. Um, so the, the Information Commissioner's Office has also been doing a big piece of work in the UK, which is slightly starting to kind of grow out now as well um, about how data is managed right. um, for users on platforms. Um, Ireland are following suit. Um, there's already been changes in New Zealand and Australia where they've um, introduced specific laws around digital harm. So right. I think we're going to see more of this everywhere. Right. So Laura, one of the things you mentioned is safety versus you know revenue maximization. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you know I, I assume at Roblox you guys have taken the safety path and and have obviously done incredibly well from a revenue perspective. But I would say that in a lot of companies when they're thinking about you know safety versus making money all too often you know they <laughs> hey let's yeah. make let's make more money so but it's i i think when it comes to kids though um these companies should be more careful right i mean and so how, how do you think developers should be thinking about that that choice so there's quite often you may hear the term safety by design this okay. is being adopted a lot um, around the world 
And essentially what they're trying to say is before you ever get in front of the public, particularly if they're more vulnerable like kids, that you need to have your house in order. You need to have these things built in right from the ground. So from the minute you're designing your game, you need to think about how that's going to impact on your players. Um, You can't retrofit safety. We've seen we've seen right. this so many times where right. platforms are like, oh, let's just launch, and then it goes really popular, and then suddenly they can't manage it, and people right. get people get hurt. You right. know, this is the reality. Do it properly or don't do it at all. I think is the message. Right. Um, and I know that that sometimes can feel really scary for very small studios just starting out because, you know, they're like, well, with no money, I can't do this. Yeah. But in the long term, it pays out. It really does. Um, and also, you know, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of collaboration, particularly in the gaming industry. Right. We share best practices with lots of other companies. Um, you know, there's the, um, just recently a big announcement from Microsoft around a collaborative project around um, recognising grooming behaviour, um, which we were part of as well. And that's actually going to be free to people to use. Oh, great. So, you know, there are things out there for people. There's really very little excuse for not building that safety and right from the beginning. Got it. And the last question I have is just looking into the future. Where, where do you think we go from here when it comes to kids' safety, whether it's from a legal or policy perspective? Uh, what, what, what do you think happens? Or, or are we there? Like, we have enough protections. No, we can never <laughs> stop. We can never okay. stop getting better. Okay. Ever. Um, our community is only going to get bigger, so we need to keep investing. As as the community grows, we need to grow out all these tools. Right. We need to innovate. We need to keep looking for these. You know, we have machine learning. We have AI. These wonderful tools. We need to keep looking at inventive ways we can use those. Right. They are actually cost saving as well because they're not all people. Right. We need to listen to the communities more. We need to find out what the real problems are. Yeah. Um, and as I say, this collaborative stuff that really works. I think. Um, but yeah, keep educating, keep striving, um, and, and just trying to make sure that, you know, people are having a healthy, positive experience when they're online. You know, that's what we go there for. We go there to have a good time. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for your time here with Laura Higgins, Head of Digital Civility here at Roblox. Thank you very much. Thank you.